Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. This is Talking Tourism and I'm today's host, Sam Denmead. Every fortnight, the Tourism Industry Council Tasmania brings you conversations with the brightest minds in the tourism industry. TICT is the peak body for tourism operators in the beautiful state of Tasmania. Each episode of Talking Tourism will deal with a specific tourism-related topic with tips and advice for improving your tourism business and getting ahead in the visitor economy. You might be listening to this outside of Tasmania. If so, welcome. The content of these podcasts will be relevant for your tourism business wherever you're based. And today I'm sitting opposite Buck Gibson, who's an old friend of mine from our tourism days. And I wrote here that you're affectionately known as the Mayor of Derby. Is that right, Buck? (laughs) I hope it's mostly affectionate, yes. (laughs) It's one of those things you didn't ask for it, but I think someone called it to you. I didn't ask for it, but I certainly, you know, took up in the early days, I took up the whole mountain bike agenda out there and um, have, you know, had a fair bit to do with the way the whole town works. So the town you're referring to as Derby, which is in the northeast of Tasmania. Yep. Um, and Buck, how, can you tell us your story about how you came to land in Derby? What's your history? <laughs> Derby's a pretty long story, actually. Um, but I'll try and keep it pretty brief. But I love tourism and I've spent my entire working career in tourism. Uh, I was involved in tourism in Queensland and I came to Tasmania looking for something a little bit different. We'd made a lifestyle choice to move down here and I wanted to get back into tourism, but I wanted something a little more niche and I didn't know what it was. So I wasn't born into mountain biking. It was something I was unaware of. Anyway, what happened was my son came home one day and said, I want to be a downhill mountain biker. I'm going, great, what's that? Let's go and find out. Um, And then the journey started. I thought, this is my scene. I met a bunch of people that I thought, these are my guys, these are my crew. I loved it. Um, And so it was um, very, very inclusive. This was on the race scene. So I met a few people. One of them was a guy called Rob Potter, who was a, a trail builder and had a lot to do with forming the Launceston Mountain Bike Club. And I just found him quite interesting and fascinating. Um, and he taught me about mountain biking. And then I thought, what are the opportunities? So my tourism hat went on straight away. I'm going, what are the opportunities? I'm thinking there's got to be something here for me. And he said, well, you know, why don't you look at doing mountain bike tours or something like that? Tasmania at that time, so we're talking um, around about 2007, 2008, there was a new mountain bike plan that the state had had produced There was a very big race every year called Wildside over on the West Coast and then there was the Blue Dragon event up in the northeast. There wasn't really a mountain bike destination as such, so it was predominantly locals riding wherever they wanted to around the state. Anyway, um, so what happens? We thought, this could work great. Let's go and follow the trails that they use in Wildside got to be a winner. 500 people come from interstate every year to race that. There's got to be thousands more that would like to come and follow in their footsteps. Anyway, um, we started. We had fully packaged tours over the West Coast, full of enthusiasm, and the riders didn't come. (laughs) In droves, anyway. 
So um, what had happened was the race scene's the race scene. They followed the races around the country. They weren't going to come and ride these trails at their leisure, in their leisure time. Uh, so the process started back then. We went, there's a few boxes we ticked. We did a few tours and we got great feedback from the people that came down. And we realised that Tasmania was the most incredible environment to build, mount, to have mountain bike trails and go mountain biking. There were some really, you know, take, great take-home messages. But the main one was that we actually needed single track, purpose-built single track. You can throw someone down an old mining track or an old four-wheel drive track and they can still have fun, but they're not going to go and jump on an aeroplane to travel to spend their hard-earned on a bit of rough old track. So it started a process of lobbying and advocating for trails and working in with anyone in government that was interested and we were um, knocking on a lot of doors uh, at that stage. So I would say two to three years was spent lobbying and helping organise and we finally got some traction and there was a couple of key people in, in government um, and up here in the north with Northern Tas Development that really kicked things off. So that's a very long way of getting around to how we got to Derby. It was years and years in the making. But I think that's an important point. Derby yeah. just didn't happen. Not at all. And you didn't just happen. You didn't Not just step all. into Derby one day and go, right, I'm going to now set up here. You and, were a massive and, part of that. And correct. And But I would like to say that we were looking at the northeast as a whole and that was what we had to do with Northern Tas Development. Um, we had the blue tier, an hour out of Derby. That was our key focal point. It was an incredible patch of wilderness with an old mining trail down it and that's where mountain bikers used to go and ride and still do. Um, that was our focal point. Derby for me was too hard. I was looking at it more from a commercial operator's viewpoint and then what you had to do to make the town ready for mountain biking, it was just too hard. And what was Derby at that point? Derby at that time was just a quiet little town. You drove through it, maybe had a shop or two. Um, and it was very, very quiet. There's a handful of locals there. Um, but it certainly had that mountain bike race, the Blue Dragon there, so it had a little bit of profile. Um, however, um, Dorset Council eventually came on board with the Northeast Mountain Bike Project and they pushed for Derby. They wanted to see it happening in Derby. And I'm, I'm glad I was wrong and I'm glad they <laughs> pushed for that because it really has become quite a phenomenon. But we were ready... Every step of the way, we were ready to assess, is there a product there for us or not? And Derby opened with, you know, a fair bit of fanfare, but there was nothing for Vertigo. Uh, I needed something that we could package into a tour or was there a shuttle product? We'd started running shuttles at Hollybank. Um, yeah, so prior to Derby, Hollybank was built. Hollybank was built. And well, so you started doing the juggernaut Started shuttling shuttle? on the juggernaut yep. trail, but that was a bit piecemeal. It was yeah. very much on a Saturday. It was very much local riders yep. with the occasional visiting rider from interstate. We had a handful of high bikes so we could get it going. It meant that I started to build my local following and it was just a way of getting started and helping to you know, just small steps with building that brand. Um, but it wasn't until we got out to Derby that things started to really get some traction. So we'd been waiting and watching. That opened the trails. It had a very much uh, 
I'm going to say it was trail-focused and cross-country-focused and they had the marathon cross-country champs there very early on and it kind of just set that it set it up as a bit more of a cross-country region. I remember talking to you really early before it was even built and you were saying, you were waxing lyrical about these wilderness trails that you were so excited about, saying mm. these mm. wilderness trails are going to be the most phenomenal trails you've ever seen. And you knew ahead that that was going to happen. Well, it was pretty exciting. There was, uh, I'll go back to the West Coast. Like you can go out to a trail. I'd sit and prepare lunch on the beach near Granville Harbour and the riders would ride up the um, climbies track. And you're just sitting there in wilderness looking out. It's just stunning. The most stunning wild piece of coastline. And there was something about that. You could watch riders sit and relax and go, oh, my goodness, this is just stunning out here. So fast forward to 2019 and you're dealing with thousands and thousands of international interstate and intrastate riders coming to Derby, yes, yeah. many of whom have experienced trails around the world. What yes, are they saying? Correct. What they say about a trail like the Blue Tear Trail, for example, is this is one of the best trails in the world. This, this is the best trail I've ever ridden. That's the best day I've ever had on a mountain bike. Which is not just throwaway comments. They're actually... They're not throwaway yeah. comments. They're really quite emotional about it. Yeah. And nice. um, they're really quite emotional about their whole visit to Derby. And there's something about it. And I, I always use the term, there's something about Derby. <laughs> um, and it's the first few turns on a trail and people are hooked. And it doesn't matter where they're from. They're going, now I get it. I'll tell you what, I, I remember I had this conversation with somebody because I'm an old school mountain biker. I learnt on a hard tail, uh, on hard trails, on yep. really difficult to ride stuff and I thought that's what it was. When I went to Derby, I had never ridden flow trails before. I'd never, mm. I had mm. no idea and I was just going, this is like a theme park yeah. for mountain bikers. Yeah. The kids these days have no idea how good they've got it <laughs> and I, I haven't changed my opinion. I go back there. Every time I go riding there, I think this is a this is a theme park. I'm having so much fun. You can't get the smile off my face. Yeah, yeah, that's it's right. so bizarre. Do you get many of the older school, not suggesting I'm old, but do you get many <laughs> of the older school riders make that sort of comment and notice the vast oh, look, I difference? Think so. Yeah, well, certainly for a lot of Australian riders, if, if Australian riders hadn't travelled overseas to other destinations, then they weren't experiencing these incredible flow, fun trails. And so it was, yeah, it was quite a challenge for some riders that love that rough and raw. You can when still we, get When it. we say world-class trails, we don't just make that comment. That's, a, that's one of those things you kind of just say, but actually it holds I, I, its own. Look, I believe it. We talk to enough people, yep. um, so I'm not waxing lyrical yep. about what I think. Yep. This is just feedback we get from riders. So when you have a rider that comes from Rotorua or Queenstown in New Zealand or or Whistler or Moab where they are long-term mountain bike destinations and they're coming in saying, oh, my goodness, this is incredible. They're the people I listen to. I take yep. notice of them. Yep. Um, all respect to a local rider that rides a, you know, a trail every day here and they go, oh, yeah, these are pretty good. I, I rate the comments from people that really know. So um, what it is is incredibly well-built trails. The, um, the contractor, they're at the top of their game. They're currently building the St Helens trails and they just have that massive experience. But they've been placed in an incredible environment to build trail. So you could go and build a flow trail on a more nondescript area and it would be a really beautifully built trail. 
but these trails are beautifully built in a beautiful environment with amazing natural you features. you can't replicate. You can't replicate no. that. So big, big granite rock slabs that, that have a lot of grip. So you've got this confidence to ride down something that's very off camber and your, your tyres are going to stick. Um, but it's that natural feature that really gets people excited. Uh, and then out there, it's this beautiful, free-draining granite, granity um, loam and dirt that sticks together. So you can build up these beautiful, big bank turns, and that that really gets people excited. Um, and then just the the bush or the vegetation, mm-hmm. it's mind blowing if you stop to have a look around. But you're having too much fun to stop quite a lot of the time. Sounds amazing, and I think the people listening today would be drooling over the, what you've just been saying and, and itching to get out their mountain bike and travel down to Tassie mm. and you saw it. And so you're there You're there in Derby where they've spent $3.1 million invested in the trails in right, Derby. Right. More is coming. More is going to be launched in November at the Blue Tier. Yes. In, yeah. And St Helens is going to be linked. Yeah, yeah which Georgetown's we're very looking, excited about. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of stuff going on. There's Mersey. There's all sorts of trails being built in Tasmania. I think it's a winner for Tasmania. It's, the, it's bringing a, a different, slightly different type of customer to Tasmania. But I, this is what I absolutely love about the mountain bike market. Mountain bikers, avid long-term mountain bikers, what they are is passionate. They've got this real passion for their, their sport They've got this energy, this never-ending energy, and they're very, very inclusive. So what happens is they come to town and they want to talk to everyone in that town, whether they're a mountain biker or a local or a visitor or what. They just want to talk to them. They want to engage with them. Um, They're really, really keen to talk to locals that have taken up mountain biking. So a young guy called Miles, who's a local kid, got into it, and he's one of the huge success stories of Derby. He now races... But he, he meets all the great riders that come to town, all the international races. They all want to go and ride with Miles because he's the local that's going to shred around the trails with them. But there's this extended family network of Miles that come with Miles and they love it. They're passionate about it as well. Um, but you just see like the weekend just gone, you look around and you look at all of the local kids out there um, the council's running programs out there to get kids involved um, and then you've got the kids that their families have got them involved and it really is becoming quite special, really is growing locally. So people are coming not just for the trails, they're coming for more, they're not just the scenery, the people is a big part of it. Sure. What else are they doing while they're in Derby? Uh, so look, I'm going to say predominantly mountain biking, but it's that whole mountain bike lifestyle. You can't ride 24 seven, um, but it's relaxing. They might go and do a bit of fishing. There's the, the Derby Lake. Uh, A lot of people get over there, have a swim, um, kayak. Um, there's other activities. Um, but they, they just enjoy getting around the town. There's some, um, you know, great places for hospitality. Um, and some they good just coffee in, to be found in Derby, isn't it? Which is super important. Good, yeah, for, yeah. So what, the important things for mountain bikers, coffee and beer. Does that sound about right? Coffee and craft. I'm going to say craft Cra- beer, oh, really. Beer. Yeah, craft beer. Yes. Um, but one of the things that's really come out of it, and it's something that we've advocated for ever since we've been out there, is I'm going to say the northeast of Tassie's got some of the best beef in the country. <laughs> Beautiful green grass fed beef the whole year round. So you can get local produce 
And I love just seeing riders that come down from Brisbane or Sydney or wherever and they just sit down to a plain old steak in the pub and they're the best steaks yeah. they've ever eaten in their life. Yeah. That's the kind of experience I think that stays with people. Yeah. But um, what we are creating is these, um, I'm not going to say lifelong ambassadors for Derby, but they certainly are am- strong, strong ambassadors. We've built this brand loyalty and there's a whole bunch of factors behind that. Um, not only is it the trails, but it's this quirky little town and the unique characters in the town. And there's unique characters that have got involved and love it. They might not even ride themselves, but they love that social side of going down, having a beer and having a chat. And um, I, I think that's what a lot of, a lot of riders take away with them is how many people they met, how friendly they all were, or how much fun they all were. And uh, it sometimes feels a little bit like a Wild West town. Sometimes it's not totally politically correct out there. <laughs> but, I mean, that's all part and parcel of, of, of the, you know, the whole experience there. Um, but one thing I know is that people head back to the airport if they've flown and you can almost sense that, you know, very emotional as they leave and it's like, we're going to get them back. We know they're coming back. And that's what does happen. People are literally rebooking as they're leaving. That's how strong it is. And the people who are coming, I uh, understand the average length of stay is 4.5 nights and the research suggests they're spending an extra five nights in Tassie. Do you reckon they're doing other adventure activities or more mountain biking somewhere else? So I think what would happen is a combination of both and then at various times of the year. Um, so we're coming into a season, I think we're going to break some records this summer. Um, <laughs> big I think, call. Big call. <laughs> um, so we know that we've got people coming down for the entire summer holidays. Oh, my goodness. So they come down on the Spirit and they're going to travel to everywhere in Tasmania that's got right. a mountain bike trail but, yes, they do other things. They're going to call into Hollybank and do the treetops adventures. They're going to call into Freysonay. Um, there's a whole other heap of walk, a whole heap of walks and other family activities that people will get involved in. Uh, we know a lot of people this summer will head up to the northwest coast uh, because of the new trails up there and the obvious appeal of places like Cradle Mountain we know is very popular. We have uh, riders that come to Derby after they finish the overland track, for example. Are they uh, hiring bikes or are they travelling with bikes? A bit of both, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, for people that are coming down here more long term, they will bring their own bike. Yeah. Um, we tend to hire bikes to someone coming out just to ride for a day. They can squeeze one day ride in. Um, and then some some riders will come down to test a new bike. So we update our fleet with the latest and greatest every year. Um, You've got electric um, bikes out there too. Yeah, well. the e-bikes are happening. So we've got <laughs> Evolution Mountain Biking in Derby and this season we're doing – is our first season with e-bikes, so we're just preparing our fleet now. It's so a, that means you can cater for right beginners right through to advanced riders? T- oh, totally. And we've always been able to do that. Um, the trails lend themselves to a very, very broad range of riders um, but the an e-bike allows someone that um, just gives them probably a bit more access to more trails. Um, I'm not going to claim I'm the fittest um, rider um, in Derby, so I can certainly access more trails if I'm on an e-bike. Um, but they have their challenges as well. They just they help you physically, but they still you still uh, there's a lot of technique involved in riding an e-bike. 
But um, the last in the last twelve months, we've seen a lot of development in um, what I would call green trails, uh, very very suitable for people having their first go at mountain biking, and someone who lacks that adventurous spirit to you know they're worried a little bit about trails so they can have a very gentle mountain bike experience and there's a new trail currently being built from um, derby to Branksome, and that looks quite amazing for that very gentle experience Um, the st helens trails have really focused on family friendly and we're hearing from maydina they're building a lot more green friendly trails so the family market's really taken a lot of focus this Family market, but also I would say your general visitor too, someone that's just doing the Tasmanian trip without any great plans, but they're going, this looks fun. I would love to have a go at this. Um, so, Buck, tell me your experience over the last few years. Have, have you seen a change in the type of rider that's coming to, to Derby and the northeast? Because I would imagine that, you know, with the Enduro series that happened and the, the initial interest by racing mountain bikers would have been predominantly what you saw. But sure. has that changed? Sure. Um, I think it's changing and it's broadening. Um, but the, the core is actually still that, I'm going to say, 30 to 60-year-old rider, um, predominantly from uh, interstate markets, but we're seeing more and more riders coming from overseas. Their preferences and their skill levels vary quite um, dramatically, um, but the, the biggest chunk of the audience is fitting in that intermediate blue trail but the great thing about these you know well-built flow trail is I can put a beginner rider on a really fun intermediate blue trail and uh, one of the world's top riders can ride that same trail they'll both get to the bottom beaming and yahooing and high-fiving they've both got something different out of it it was it was awesome for both of them and that's the key and the secret to quality mountain bike trails. So you're seeing a lot more women come out too, aren't you? Uh, the, yeah, we certainly do. And Derby started off fairly, you know, fairly strongly in the in that market. We also see a lot of, I'd say, crossover cyclists. So a lot of riders that predominantly road ride that have a mountain bike sitting in the shed. Well, they're coming to Derby, and the trails just lend themselves to those riders as well. They they're just fun trails, and it's a fun experience. And so a very, very broad demographic can enjoy them. So we definitely see a lot of women riders. Um, There's a lot of couples ride, we notice. Uh, There's one of the growing trends now is a lot of retirees are riding. And so after the school holidays finish, you see the big um, motorhomes roll into (laughs) town with beautiful bikes um, on the racks on the back and then they're here for a week or two or more. Um, and so there's these inter- really, really interesting trends um, growing in the mountain bike world. And so do you think that we're going to see similar experiences across the other mountain bike areas that are developing in Tassie? I, look, I or think, is everyone going to find their own kind of niche? Yeah, look, they definitely have to find their own niche. And I would actually say very, very quickly, um, Maydina, um, Maydina, which is a very much more gravity-focused um, bike park, it separate. Not, I'm not going to say it's separate, it naturally separated itself and found its niche. The yep. same as Derby found its niche. Um, now this summer is going to be incredibly strong for both Maydina and Blue Derby. Very well established in their markets, and so advanced bookings I know for both is very very strong for this summer. So uh, I would say that both of those destinations are now very mature and seen that way by the market. 
and the trail centres themselves. The trails have had you know a good few years at it now, very very well bedded in, um, and so they've got a bright future. So the challenge for these newer destinations like Wild Mersey uh, is to find their niche, and they are finding their niche. They're very very strong locally, and we're seeing a very large uptake in riding from local riders. And so we still get riders from the northwest coast coming to Derby, but they can access a trail every day of the week if they want um, closer by. So um, I think this summer is going to be huge for for destinations like Wild Mersey because because we get those visitors coming down for three or four weeks. They're going to try out every trail centre. Some are going to come to Derby and they're going to go and try the others and they'll come back to Derby because that was their favourite. Then the same could be said for Medina and for Wild Mersey. They're going to have their favourites and I, I think that's just a great thing. I guess the question is, as a, if you're a consumer, um, how are they going to differentiate between what's the, the various experiences and the various trails that you get at the Wild Mersey, up at the northwest, sure. north east, south? Yeah. How, how, how are people going to pick? It's interesting. Um, so what's happened, and we're seeing this trend already this summer, all of a sudden we've hit that broad audience and so I would say the first few years at Derby, we actually had people that were very well researched. They didn't just come down here on a whim. They were watching some flow videos. Uh, they were talking to their mates. They, they kind of knew everything that they were going to be getting. Like yeah. I can remember when my f- son first went to Whistler, I think we watched every helmet <laughs> cam video of every trail in Whistler. So some people research incredibly well. But we're actually hitting that large audience now that's just going, they've heard the hype, yeah. they're just going, let's go, boom, there's the name. I assume go. they'll have everything to look after me. That's right. And then some of them are getting here and going, oh, it's not quite right for me. Um, you know, so you don't really want a full-on gravity rider who hates climbing coming to Derby. You're better off shipping them off down to Medina yeah. where they don't have to climb and it's all gravity. Uh, and likewise... Um, you know, there'd be a number of examples, but it, sometimes we're not going to get it right, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. if I was a commercial uh, operator or I was interested in tapping into the mountain bike space, um, what would I? how would I go about researching and working out where the gaps were yeah. around around Tassie? Yeah, it's, that's, that's a challenge, um, definitely a challenge. Um, Sounds like talking to people and doing a fair bit of research absolutely is the key talking. And so, I mean, I just started off with one little bus – and we actually started at Derby with one little bus, a little card table <laughs> and, <laughs> and sat there. We just It was a good time to be there early. Um, <laughs> however, I drove the bus and I talked to riders and, I, and I, was, I reckon I'm a pretty good listener and so I'd take information on, I'd filter through it and make sure I've kind of valued the right information and that's how we grew, our, I guess, our Vertigo brand. Um, and that probably is something that you've got to do is just listen to the people that are coming and, and pick their brains, I guess. Exactly. So how do you then suggest towns, councils, businesses learn from what you've learnt at Derby and take it on board and get it right in their own locations and destinations? It's a hard one. You certainly need to find someone who's um, passionate about it and really wants to learn. We have this real mix. Derby's become a bit of a focal point for various councils and even state governments. They come and check it out. Some of them walk in and start bragging. They're instantly going to 
um, you know, be the death of Derby. They think they're going to be so much better. Um, so it's an interesting one. Derby's got this real alignment of the planets happened out at Derby. And so I would, I would highly recommend being very, very careful. Make sure um, – because, look, Derby set a standard and it really punched the standard high. So anything new now has to even raise the bar higher. And you've got to look at our key markets, which are your eastern seaboard capitals. They've got direct services into Launceston, so access has been an incredibly great thing for us. And for someone from Sydney, it still feels like a proper holiday. I'm going on this great holiday. We're flying down. Um, And so it feels like it's that whole experience. So... It's a bit of a challenge. I would suggest that an hour and 40 minutes in a plane from Sydney and then an hour – so, yeah, in three hours, once you left Sydney, you're in Derby. So it's that journey as well. Now, if you drive in a car for three hours from Sydney, you might be getting somewhere nearer to Threadbow (laughs) maybe. And it maybe doesn't feel quite like an amazing vacation. Um, so there's a whole heap of factors, um, but, yeah, you, you don't want to discount some of those special little things that have made Derby what it is. And Derby is in a lucky situation. It's it's cemented its position in yeah. mountain biking. But my question to you is, and you may not have an answer, that's okay, is how much mountain biking is too much? How much can Tassie take? Have we reached the tipping point? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, I Look, Mountain bikers disperse, um, so you can have an incredibly busy day out at Derby. Let's say there's 200 riders in the town. Yes, there's some pressure getting a coffee first up in the morning, but it's still this really relaxed buzz. Everyone's just hanging around, chatting, having an awesome time. But once they're spread out on the trails, it's going, where are the riders? What's happening? You know, and it might be for riders coming down the blue tier, going into the Welbra Hotel, all of a sudden there's a bit of a crush there. Um, at the end of the day, there might be a busy night in the in the hub pizza, or the pub might um, be turning people away for meals. You know, that's part of it. But they're the they're, that's what's where we are experiencing a little of. It's not this massive crush out on the trails. That trail experience is fine for everyone, and I think that you can't get a better visitor to Tassie. Really, they're fun. They're having an awesome time, so they're having a great time. Yep. You know, they're really really engaged. Um, yes, we could see them in, in, you know, plenty of areas around the yep. state. And I would use examples of um, in British Columbia when they have thousands and thousands of riders um, landing in, you know, Whistler is yep. probably We've the really biggest. We've really only scratched the surface, haven't we? Yeah, and, and Whistler is an amazing town that gets general visitors as well. They sort of look up the hill um, open mouths at all these riders tearing down doing big jumps and things, but, um, I, you know, that works. So for a uh, prospective tourism operator, um, it sounds like the opportunities are boundless. There's mountain bike trails going in everywhere. Derby's proven it can do it. Sure. And there are still opportunities in, Bern- in Derby, but in, in other locations like Railton and Sheffield and St Helens and Georgetown. there's. Mm. I couldn't agree more. We're seeing some, um, some operators starting up. There's a guy that comes down from the northwest coast to Derby regularly with you know, a mixture of local and visiting riders having the day in Derby. Um, there is... Opportunities, I, I probably would say over the years we've watched riders coming down having an amazing experience and they probably were having such a great time if there were opportunities to, you know, 
buy another service um, or product, they would have done it if it was available. And people did that early in early days of Derby, didn't they? That people came down. I, mean, I know the Queensland couple who'd bought the hub came down to yeah. ride and went, yeah. "Oh my gosh, yeah, what an opportunity!" It. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's definitely opportunities. It's just how creative the the entrepreneur is. Oh, you've left me wondering myself. Um, so, Buck, that has been a fascinating talk with you. I could talk forever. I'm wondering if you have any last chance, last minute advice, any last thoughts you want to share with us. I I was jotting down a few notes and it made me think we've had our challenges along the way and it's I guess it's not been easy. We deal with governments and councils and other operators and then you've got some very strong views from local riders, for example. Um, there's times when I've trod on a few toes and upset a few people, but it made me think we did persist. We really persisted with everything we did. And so I would say that those hard-fought challenges make the success at the end all the the more worthwhile. So if someone's thinking about getting into it, put in the effort. It is really worth it. Fantastic. Thank you, Buck. And just as a reminder, Buck Gibson I'm speaking to here is the owner of Vertigo Mountain Bike, um, which is based now in Derby. Originally was in Launceston. Yes. Now in Derby. And watch this space. I'm sure Buck's got plenty of irons in the fire and lots of ideas in that brain of his. I can see the cogs turning (laughs) as we speak. Um, Thank you, Buck, for chatting to us. Um, And I hope that people listening got a a bit of a taste of mountain biking in Tasmania and an idea about where it's going into the future. So thank you, Buck, for coming along. Thank you for the opportunity. For the listener, if you enjoyed today's episode, tell your tourism colleagues to take a listen too. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in a fortnight with another conversation of Talking Tourism. You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism. Talking Tourism.